We'll lose count. Hey, everybody. Josh and Stahl here. Welcome to the Real Estate Overtime. I'm here with Len and Jason. Glad to be with you guys again. We're really stoked. Uh, we're going to launch right into a real estate market update. I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Yeah, I <laughs> I love the, the beginning of the year. So we've traditionally, you know, looked at the spring market mm -hmm. and it's different for everybody, right? So, you know, originally, I, as I've mentioned before, I originally started my real estate career selling real estate in Chicago. And right now in Chicago, it's frozen. It's cold. <laughs> Nobody wants to go outside, let alone actually go and look at properties. In fact, this time of year when we would show properties, we, I'd bring like a big thermos of hot water to melt the lock boxes so I could get the keys out. So just imagine that compared to, you know, wearing a t-shirt and being okay, being outside right now. Is it pretty slow in the winter, real estate wise in Illinois? It's no? a little bit slower than what we see here. You know, one thing that picks us up here is our snowbird activity because uh, we have a lot of 55 plus communities. And so like us as a team, we're really busy working with a lot of out of state people as well as working with in-state people as well. So it's not just exclusive to the 55 plus communities. But that being said, one of the traditional statements that we would say is that our spring market, typically would we would look at it, would start to pick up a little bit in January, but after the Super Bowl, it would take off. And when we look at what's going on already, in January, we're already seeing that activity start to happen. Okay. And so if it's going to pick up even further and for and even faster come after the Super Bowl, I would anticipate that we're going to have a pretty good spring from okay. a sales perspective, from a recovery perspective. The last nine months has been about our market adjusting to a higher interest rate. We watched the rate, you know, we watched the inventory skyrocket and then it's kind of dropped back down. We'll, we can post this, you know, as a little image if we want. but we're seeing inventory level off right now and we're seeing rates kind of simultaneously dropping. So we're, we're seeing higher activity. Now, and told, so that's kind of the overall I feeling. totally agree with you about the spring. And when I talk about some of the rates and inflation, that leads right into what you're saying. I think it could be an explosion, honestly. No. Yeah, I mean, how many people for the last nine months we're just on the sidelines waiting oh. to see what happened. There's a huge pool of buyers. They're <laughs> yeah, just waiting exactly. And waiting we're definitely and waiting. we're definitely starting to see a change. I, I can just tell you. So from the appraisal perspective, um, I'm in Arizona appraisal forums and stuff on on Facebook. So I'm listening to the chatter and appraisers are like getting part time jobs and and mm -hmm. and they're looking for work. They're they're desperate, right? Right. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, I'm seeing some of them start to say, okay, I got three orders, got five orders, this and that. You know, for the last six months on the appraisal side of things, me personally, when I'm doing appraisals, most of them were new construction because it gotcha. was stuff that was already in the pipeline from when it was busy and it was still trickling in over time. That's starting to go away because that pipeline is pretty sure. much <laughs> emptied out. Yeah, so you're doing less and less new construction appraisals. Huh? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I still stayed and staying relatively busy because you have seen some of the builders. What they've done is totally slashed the prices. Oh, yeah. As these have fallen out, they're giving all kinds of incentives. They're, yeah. they're slashing the prices. So you, you've seen some new construction, but, I mean, think about this. You, I mean, you can speak of this. Refis, unless it's a cash out because people need some cash, nobody's refining because everybody's got a three and a half rate. Everyone's got a low rate. You're right. There's very few situations where I'm doing refis. The cash out is one. Uh, divorce situations. Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing a hard money, hard money one in Reno. Um, so there's, it's very limited. Yeah. Question for you real quick. It's a little off topic, but something might be interesting to our listeners. When you're doing these uh, new new build appraisals now, the price was set, you know, a long time ago, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Are you finding it a challenge to come in at that old sales price? Well, no? so it's not a challenge because I'm my goal isn't to hit sure. any kind of contract price. So I mean, don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So, well, <laughs> here's the thing. Like I, I came in low, like sixty grand low on a new construction a couple oh weeks goodness. ago. Right. Right. Um, it is what it is. I yeah. mean, they know it. They're. I mean, how am I going to say this home is worth three hundred fifty thousand dollars when they have? $290,000 model match active listings right now that they're trying to sell oh. that aren't selling. So they've got to expect that a little bit. They, they, yeah. they are expecting it. They did come back on one of them and asked me to do a new appraisal because it was three weeks later and they've had four closings since then of that floor plan for hire. Oh, nice. And I did and it was able to come in higher because now I had data to support it. But I mean, most of the time, a lot, what I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of builders actually reducing the price mm -hmm. on homes that went under contract six, nine months ago. Okay. I, I've seen it. Um, so it is happening. If, if buyers out there, if you are, if you have a new construction under contract right now and you're worried Call about that, builder. hopefully you went in with a realtor on your first visit right. into the builder, because if you didn't, I mean, the builder probably isn't going to say anything, but if they? you have an agent, <laughs> that's what we do for new constructions. We will have, the agents will help you on the new constructions get that price reduction. Yep. So we can have a whole episode just on that. Oh, for oh, sure. I Completely. mean, you guys can talk to this, but what 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 happens when a buyer walks into a new build, talks to a sales rep there? What what happens? You guys explain that. They're of. being represented by the seller's rep. Right. So they're they're almost immediately being put into what we would call like a dual agent situation, to where they're they're paid to not look out for the buyer's interest. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. And you know, they're- <laughs> They'll make you feel like they're looking out for yeah. you because they're really nice. I mean, and they're, they're gonna help you do the contract, but ultimately- Well, and there's a lot of upselling too, right? So you walk in and you know, and this is where I think realtors and this tech, you know, I, I've gone over this a hundred times with my different buyers that I've walked in in new builds is, you know, you go in and you've got this base price. And the first question that a lot of people don't think to ask is, you know, because you walk into a model and it's decked out to the nines. Right. And they won't ask the question if the, if the realtor is not there to say, so if I wanted the house to look like this, how much additional would I have to come out with? And nine times out of 10, it's 40 to, you know, 35, 40% above what the purchase price is. And then in a lot of these builders, they'll only cap at 20%. Okay. And so, and it, it's different builder to builder, but it's just assume the builder is going to cap out at 20%. And so if you're going to go 40% above, they want that difference in cash and not sure. refundable money because now they're fronting the money. To build so, right. So they would always assume that that 20%, the appraiser would come in and they would give some leeway because like, well, we didn't go standard. We want upgrade. We did this. We went with the better cabinets. We went with the better floors. And so. That doesn't always equate though. But it doesn't always no. equate. Yeah. And so the question I always ask my sellers or my buyers when I'm going through is, what's this going to cost in the post, you know, post closing, right? Mm -hmm. And so you'd walk into a kitchen and you'd look at it and go, this is amazing. And so they would have the standard kitchen, but for four grand more, you can get the upgraded kitchen. And they were like, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe I'll do it later. I said, you can't upgrade this kitchen for four grand after because you're going to take the crappy one that you don't sure. like, you're uh, going to have to tear it out. And then you're dropping 40 grand to get this done sure. now because you're doing a post. Now, if you take the floors and you say, look, I'll just take the standard builder grade carpet, that's different because they will, their upcharge is literally what it would cost you to do. And maybe their cash flow is like, look, you know, maybe I'll save up for a couple of years and then I'll get a better floor. That's a better use of their money. Right. 
So our job is also to kind of post them through and walk them through that design center consultation mm -hmm. to say, look, this is good money spent now, and then this is probably better money spent later. You don't need to, you know, pay $400 for a ceiling fan because right. the builder's gonna put it in. You can get a great fan from Home Depot or, you know, Lowe's or whatever for $89, and my handyman or your electrician put it in could there. put it in for less than 400, and you could do the whole house for the same price right. as one. So well, little things like that. Well, on top of that, you guys have a real life scenario where one of the agents on your team was represent, representing someone, and you didn't you get a price reduction? I yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Yep. That's that's the big benefit, right? Yep. Of being represented as you go into the builder, you were able to save how much? Well, I, I know on I, I'll, I'll just give you an example on one deal that that I'm talking about, and maybe it's not exactly what you're referencing, but we got under contract for a new construction. This was probably April-ish, so the market was higher. By the time we got closer to closing, the market had come down. The appraisal came in low, mm. and we were able to negotiate that price back down 10% or 10,000 bucks on that one. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you're probably talking more about like because of upgrades yeah, and stuff like that? Yeah, I you had a deal with one of the agents on your team where the client was uh, – asking about well hey this home's not worth as much anymore i'm seeing homes in the community like you were saying mm -hmm. you know the homes now that are the same are listed lower i thought you were able to negotiate side cited that yeah someone on the team yeah he he got the price lower actually i think they even switched out of one house and went to another house yeah they? they did yeah um because they have listings of the same exact floor plan for 30 grand cheaper so right. yeah that that's what he did in that particular case but well, we got a little off topic. <laughs> yeah, we did. We slid. It's market related, though. Yeah, I mean, totally so at the same time, I mean, you're you're not seeing. So, like, we saw a lot of these builders dropping their prices fifty, sixty, seventy thousand right. dollars. They were well, a big one. We saw them doing was they were doing these big price drops and also buying down the rate simultaneously yes. to yeah. be able to advertise. Like, look, you can get into this house for four point two five or four percent. Um, they've kind of stopped with the price reductions, but they're still sticking to the buy downs. Um, so that's. You know, you've got to watch the signs, right? If if the builders aren't dropping like crazy anymore, then that means they're starting to see the sales come in. Mm -hmm. And when you have that story where, you know, the the builder asked them to reappraise because now they have three higher comps, that's a sign back to normal. And that's the way I look at it. I mean, this chart right here that shows like the active listing counts, this and we've got cool. this can actually yeah, show this that. one's crazy when you look like the average sales prices. I mean, you've just seen the average, the monthly average sales prices continue to drop um, month over month, but then every once in a while you start to see some flattening out. Historically speaking, though, you're going to see a busy, it's going to ramp up, like sales per month, right, is going to ramp up January through May, and then it's going to drop and kind of level off, and you may pick up again in the fall, and then it's going to drop October, November, December, and you'll right. see it dip back down, and that's just a normal wave of sales. So if you took 20 years of history and you just removed 2019, 2020, or sorry, 2020, 2021, 2022, just take those out and then just flush everything else back together, okay. it's gonna be almost identical year after year. I feel like that we're just back into normal. And this is what we do, is we help people navigate the market based on where we are in the market. And so what we've been telling our buyers who have been on the fence is look, time is ticking for you to get a good deal on a property. Right. Because right now, if you go and you look at a house, you can drive over here, there's some great houses, you know, 
in the neighborhoods right next to where we're at right now mm -hmm. that have 90, 100, 120 days on the market time. Right. And they're great houses, they're priced well, and that seller's in a position to where they're like, I don't know what to do, I'm trying to make a move, because people don't move because they're bored, they're moving because there's something in their life that's causing them to move. And I'm not saying take advantage of them, but that's the market of the moment is that seller is gonna be willing to negotiate with you on concessions, on price, whatever it is in that case. I mean, as an example, I just got a counter offer on my way over here and it it's more than what I would expected. Right. We we came in low, it's the counter offer, they just went up just a little bit, they adjusted a couple different things. I know for a fact that 30 days from now, that's not gonna be the counter that we're gonna get. That counter is based sure. off of the last 90 yep. days of data. I, I made an offer yesterday or day before yesterday on a townhouse. We offered about 20 grand low and I get a call back today. There's other offers on it too. So, I mean, you're definitely seeing yeah. the market start to pick up. <clears throat> One of my favorite things to look at, and it's so simple to look at, is just the active listing count. Yeah. So, and you know, this tells you a whole story in itself. If you look at today, I mean, we're just, we're, we're I think we're, according to Cromford, which measures it a little bit differently than right. MLS, we're just, we're under 16,000 active listings, right? right? Well, if you were to go back, um, just a couple months ago, we were just under 20,000. An average of 64 days on market from list to close. Yeah. So, and you know, you say that again? 64, well, it's not, not days on market, but days of inventory, sorry. Okay. So we have 64 days of inventory. Basically what that statement means is if no other homes came on the market today, right. moving forward until every house was sold, at the current pace, it would take 64 days right. to, to clear out our inventory. A level, normal, balanced market is three to three, like three to six months. Gotcha. I've a crazy, months, yeah. yeah, crazy buyer's market is more than six months. So there's absolutely no indication that we're in a crash scenario here in the Phoenix market. But the reason it felt it's like adjusted. it, the reason it felt like it is, was is because of the trajectory. How right. quickly rates oh. went from three and a half to six and a half to seven. I mean, that was in a fastest time ever, right? right? Ever. Um, time ever. So, I mean, so when people ask me, oh, is the market going to crash? I look at the active listing counts and it tells me a story. Did you know, like at just around 20,000 active listings, it's exactly where, we're, where we were in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. We started to drop in 2019. COVID took us to a whole number, another level. We were under 5,000 active listings. Yeah. So when those rates doubled, which was controlled by, you know, by the feds and what, what they were doing, it was, it's part of the plan, right? We need to was, increase supply. Yeah. We need to level things out. They double the interest rates. Now we climb back up to 20,000. We're back, back to in normal. normal. Right. We're back in normal. And normal appreciation is gonna be three to 6% per year. So which where- I like this. It depends, well, yeah, you know. So it's all fun. Right. It's fun. But I mean I think I look at the big picture and health of it, right? There's a certain point to where it gets unhealthy. Right. Where you go in into a property and you're like, man, this thing needs a gut rehab right. and there's a line of people out there willing to bet, you know, bid seventy five thousand more. Yeah, that was nuts. I'm like, come on, this is well, just Yeah, that, that, that brings me to something that you were just talking about. Um, at the peak. Let's let's talk about that. You were paying over asking today, oh, without today or not, right? It's flipped. Uh, at the peak, you I mean, I was getting people, I'd have to close in 14 days or else they would move on to another offer. 
right? Yep. Today is it, it's not like that. No. And this no. is where I tell sellers to chill out a minute because you know they're like, oh, they want fifteen thousand off, and I'm like, six months, nine months ago, a year ago, you had no problem right. making sure that I got you twenty thousand more. Yeah. So you were you were okay with them taking money out of their pockets. So this is the big scenario, right? Think about it. Equity is imaginary money. It only Correct. becomes real when you sell your house and mm -hmm. you actually have the money in the bank. So you're taking imaginary money and you're not budging on it. But you wanted the buyer a year ago to your take real money, real money which yeah. was coming out of their savings, their 401ks, yeah. whatever they had to do, real money, and throw it on top of the appraisal. The, and the appraisals were out the window. I mean, they yeah. were, people were waiving them. I mean, we're coming in low, people paying the difference in cash. I mean, the yeah, appraisal didn't even matter well, was, for a that, time. That period. was my next point. So at I like the, this better. At the peak, no contingencies, right? Yeah. At the peak, no. They were waiving now inspections. We're they were waiving appraisals. Yeah. Now we're seeing appraisals. I have not seen, on, from the appraisal vendors. perspective or when I'm representing buyers or sellers, I have not seen appraisal waivers in, in at least six I wouldn't months. Do one. What about concessions? What are you guys seeing? concession-wise now? Well, right here, you'll see this chart that I that I printed off right here shows, where is it? This one here, 49.9% of sales have con seller concessions. Now, yep. yeah. what do you think so that was at the peak? I can tell you, in, oh, wow. May of, <laughs> in May of 2021, 10%, you oh, were wow. 10 you of concessions. And you the, can only, see the only way you got into that 10% was doing what we called going and buying ugly. Yep. And so if you had that buyer who was low on cash, needed this, Gotcha. We would say we've got to go find the ugliest house in the ugliest neighborhood and the you know the furthest away from town that has the highest market time. And that's called buying ugly. And that's <laughs> called buying ugly. You would do basically go and find the reject that. house. Just yeah, on, I mean, on that same note, talking yeah. back about that about that market, if you had an FHA or a VA buyer, Done. it was almost impossible. Yeah. I, I had a yeah, VA buyer wild. during that market and I did get them a house, but I had to go I had to go FISBO, I had to go Zillow, yeah. find a property on day one that came on the market on Zillow, call that homeowner, get my buyer in there, get an offer on that first day and get it under contract before he realized that he could get a bunch of offers from other people. Mm -hmm. So that's that was the only way to get a VA yeah. guy in. Right now, VA buyers are the best. They're the right. best. Yeah. Well, that could be a whole episode yeah. about the, oh, for sure. just the confusion or... You know, or around FHA and VA buyers versus conventional. You know, yeah. they're they're really not that much different, honestly. No. Especially if they have the money. close rate is actually yeah. higher. I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah. VA, you're you're more likely to close on a VA deal than you are on any other deal. Gotcha. Yeah. So, what yeah. About, uh, this is a good one for you, Jason. Maybe at the peak deferred maintenance. Ooh. Was there any? They, the seller really Nothing, told man. you what? Go pound yeah, sand. Yeah, pound or, sand. I got five other offers right. lined up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. not doing repairs. So right and right yeah. now I can tell you from you know with the listings that I have, you know we're getting we're getting requests for repairs. The seller is or the sellers having to either offer a credit or do some of them. Um, they're not happy about it, but it's normal. That's normal. we're back to a normal market. Right. Do you want to wrap this uh, episode up with some interest rate and some inflation? Yeah, thoughts? please. Yeah. I was going to say or let's um, from your end. What are you seeing? Well, so we are starting off the year much better rate-wise than we were at the, the worst points last year, right? So as everyone knows, you know, what kind of caused what you guys were talking about, rates went from the threes into the sevens, mm -hmm. right? Overnight. Oh, yeah, in the fa <laughs> fastest, fastest time frame in the history of uh, interest That's rate crazy. tracking. Uh, right now, you know, I can't tell you exactly what interest rate you're going to get because it's always based on your credit, down payment, things of that nature, loan type. 
but I've, I've locked some high fives, you know, 5, 5.7, 5.875s, hmm. um, you know, not, not shaky credit, six and a quarter maybe still. So you're looking good rate-wise compared to that seven, seven and a quarter. Historically, that's a great rate. Well, historically, that is a great rate, yes. But right? Historically, mean, we don't have prices, though, that average 500-something right. thousand dollars. So, so when, ev when everyone says that, I always take it back to when my uncle told me, well, I bought my first house and I paid 16%. Well, my response to him is, you probably paid 40 grand. <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. I'll give you that one. Exactly. So the payment was incredibly low. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, which I, I wanted to give a little bit of encouragement, is inflation, right? Uh -huh. Because as you guys know, what drives interest rates? Inflation. Inflation, right? right. So we've had some really, really solid, well, some much better inflation readings over the last three months mm -hmm. compared to what we did have. Yeah, it's dropping. It's dropping. Now, what's really exciting, though, is the um, inflation numbers in April and May, mm -hmm. which will replace. So it's kind of a 12-month rolling average. When you get a new one, it replaces the old, the, the old right. reading from 12 months ago. So the April-May reading okay, are going to be really, really good. And I think that is going to drop rates significantly, mm. and it's going to kind of, you know, Go right into your guys' talk about the, that's a perfect time to buy, right? Also, that's when you said like that perfect storm of an explosion. Correct. So you're gonna have a combination of the high season, anyways. Correct. And interest rates dropping could just but yeah, the high season, you know, what you, that you were referring to. I think part of that is because people want to move before school starts, right? In yeah. Our, in our area, at least, mm -hmm. and that's April, May, mm -hmm. right? June, they want to get in before school starts, and what's gonna happen is rates are going to come down right at that same time. And what Jason was talking about earlier, you've got all these buyers sitting on the shelf, right? Mm -hmm. So like I said earlier, I think it's going to be a perfect, perfect storm. Perfect storm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. Cool. Well, you guys have a fantastic week. We really appreciate uh, you guys listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, reach out with any questions. Yep. Thank you.